Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, August 6th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta. Joining me on his podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer and Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Okay, let's uh let's jump into this. You know, <laughs> when when I was younger, Brad, it might have even been when I was in high school, there was a South Park movie that was in theaters. And it was actually very good. And since then, people have been wondering, you know, when are they gonna make another South Park movie? And it's just never happened after all these years. But good news, they're gonna be making f- 14. New South Park movies? Brad, tell us about this. Yeah, not only are we getting 14 new South Park movies, but it's part of this big new overarching deal that Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park, just struck with uh, MTV Entertainment Studios and Viacom CBS uh, because th- they're also uh, extending South Park up through its uh, milestone 30th season. Um, and then the deal also includes these 14 direct-to-streaming South Park spinoff movies that will be released exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And this is a deal 
that is going to make Parker and Stone over $900 million, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't even, gosh, I, I can't even fathom <laughs> $900 million. I mean, I mean, even split between the two of them, that's still $450 million. And that's just, that's crazy to me. <laughs> That's an, a crazy amount of content to commit to, though. Like, are people yeah. still like clamoring for South Park at this point? I mean, South Park still has very loyal fans. It's you know, there's a reason it's been around for this long. It's a staple of Comedy Central. Um, it's the the recent specials that they've done. The they did the, the vaccination special. They did um, you know uh, on a, a previous special that they had as well. Um, I think it was the holiday special. And so they've um, proven to be very popular still. And it's just a show that's stuck around for so long and people continue to watch it. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's just a staple now of television, essentially. And it's going to keep going as long as, you know, uh, Viacom keeps ordering new seasons of it. Do you think what do you think is going to survive the longest? Do you think it's going to be South Park or The Simpsons? (sighs) That's a good question. I mean... As of now, The Simpsons only has, what, two more seasons that they've been confirmed for, right? Yeah. And they've been talking about, I think, potentially coming to an end soon. If if I were to bet, I would say South Park will end up outliving The Simpsons. That is that is crazy talk. Um, are you excited for these, <laughs> these 14 spinoff movies? Like, how do you make 14 spinoff movies? That just sounds to me like they're they're basically making, like, you know, what they do for television, just making it longer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that what what this these streaming movies will probably be will probably be these instances where, um, because they've, they've done in, uh, parts of seasons where they've had interconnected episodes. More recently, the seasons themselves have had, have been more serial than they were in um, their much earlier uh, seasons. Uh, but there were times when they did like that run of like, uh, did you see the Imagination Land trilogy of episodes? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like they'll probably do stuff like that where they'll have these, um, what will essentially be three episode arcs that are like touted as movies, but they'll basically just be like, you know, a little bit of a, a, a serial arc that you might see usually see on the TV show. I, I, well, I hope that it's, that they do something that's as grand as you know the South Park movie because it was such a fun, you know raunchy musical and i wish they would do something like that again but uh yeah we'll have to wait and see how these turn out yeah and that came out in 1999 so i was just out of high school that shows you how long ago that that was which is pretty insane um moving on to another thing that is getting a sequel movie or possibly getting a sequel movie long after probably is expected and that is chronicle the first film came out in 2012 and was the the big debut of like Josh Trank and uh, Max uh, Max uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Max Landis. Sorry, Max Landis. Um, it's and, probably best that you forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, the producer had, was asked about Chronicle Two because they've been talking about Chronicle, like a Chronicle sequel, for many years now. The producer's name is John Davis. And he was asked, and he basically brought up, well, first of all, that, you know, John Davis has done a lot of movies, and he brought up the fact that Chronicle was the biggest return on investment of any of the movies he's ever made. So he made they made Chronicle for $12 million, and it grossed $126 million worldwide. So with with that kind of 10 times of the investment, you, you know that they're going to eventually make a sequel. It's just it's kind of strange that it's taken this long. But he, he gave some details of what – 
what it might be. He says that they're working on a Chronicle 2 right now. I'm going to quote him now here, okay? Uh, So these are not my words. And I think it's going to be great. We're working on it with Fox. It's going to give us a chance to tell the story in a different way. We're going to tell it from the female point of view. It will have been 10 years since the event happened in Seattle, and a lot of it's going to deal with the fake news and real news and cover-ups. More more interestingly, it's the next generation getting these powers that are corruptive. These are young women – just finishing college, they're empowered, and this is their journey. I mean, what a new and interesting story you can tell there, unquote. I mean, at first when I hear, hear this, Brad, I'm like, oh, the, you know, doing a whim, woman spin on Chronicle seems like a no-brainer. Like, that would be – but, like, I don't know. Some of his wording here seems a little interesting, like, uh, you know, corruptive young women finishing college. They're empowered – I don't know, uh, especially coming out of, you know, you mentioned Max Landis was the, the writer of the original Chronicle, and uh, he's had some allegations uh, thrown at him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's not coming back for this. As uh, Josh Trank, the director, he also had some, some like, I don't know, what would you call that? Like some, uh, some problems with studios. Uh, I don't know, there's accusations of him like wrecking a, a uh, Airbnb that he was staying at for Fantastic Four. Yeah, some, uh, some literal creative clashing. Creative, yeah, some literal. <laughs> thank you, Brad. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing both of them are not going to be involved. What are your thoughts on a Chronicle 2 uh, with the female point of view? Uh, you know, I, I think if it, this were, you know, seven years ago, I would be more interested, um, you know, if less time had passed after the first one. But, like, I feel like the time for a Chronicle sequel has come and gone. I'm, I'm not sure how big of a, a fan base that movie has, because it kind of came at a time, you know, when found footage movies were all the rage. And so this movie was like, oh, what if found footage but superheroes? And everyone was like, okay, cool. And it was a nice spin on it, but, like, now... I just don't necessarily need to see that same story play out with different characters. You know, I, I, I like and appreciate the idea that they want to focus on female characters, but I just don't know that it's something that needs to be done, you know, in that, that chronicle format anymore. Like, just just go create something new. Yeah. And th- that movie had Michael B. Jordan before he was, like, really big. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a good movie, but you're right. Like, I, like what what more can that provide us with? I thought it was fun how like the superheroes used like would actually like levitate the camera in the air at yeah. some point, <laughs> which is a little ridiculous. Uh, but I'm not like is the world clamoring for a Chronicle two? I'm not even sure if like even people remember the first Chronicle at this y- point. Yeah, I think that you're you're probably right. People have probably forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's go from that side of the superhero universe, the the found footage superhero universe, to DC. You know, James Gunn just made the Suicide Squad at DC. That is out in theaters right now, and also on HBO Max. And uh, there's been a lot of talk of like, will James Gunn return to make more DC superhero projects after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three at Marvel and Disney? Brad, what do we know? The answer is most likely yes. Um, we already know that he has been working on Peacemaker, which is a spinoff series focusing on John Cena's character from the Suicide Squad. 
Um, but once Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is finished at Marvel Studios, it seems like James Gunn is already making plans to work on some other DC Comics projects after that. Uh, he talked to The Hollywood Reporter recently about all things The Suicide Squad. And of course, he was asked if there was anything else cooking uh, on the DC side of things. And he said, quote, we're dealing with a lot of different things. There are a lot of different things happening at the same time. You've got the Peacemaker show, obviously, and then there are other projects. So we'll see what happens. We're always talking about uh, different things, too. So there's a lot of dreaming going on. And dreaming is one of the most fun parts of movie making. We're dreaming about the different possibilities, and we're trying to find the right dream that can actually weave itself into reality in the proper way. So uh, there's definitely something in the works. It's it's likely something that he can't talk about specifically yet. They're still developing, figuring out what's going to come next. Um, but he this goes hand in hand with a little bit of a tease he also had on Instagram because every now and then he hops on Instagram stories and has fans ask him questions and he provides you know sometimes helpful answers, sometimes very vague. And he provided one of those vague but teasing ones when someone asked if there was. Uh, other spinoff shows from the Suicide Squad in the works. And he uh, typed out maybe with some nervous grinning <laughs> and shrugging emojis. So there sounds like there's definitely something there as for, uh, you know, what kind of spinoff we're talking about. If it would follow another character like Peacemaker, um, you know, if it would be something completely different set in the Suicide Squad world, uh, we don't know. But with such a huge ensemble of characters, there's a, you know, a lot of potential there to do some interesting things. And even though uh, a, a lot of these characters die in the movie, that's not a spoiler. That's something that James Gunn has been very open about, which is why the tagline for the movie says, don't get too attached. Um, you can still do shows that take place before the events of the Suicide Squad, because these characters already have like an established history um, in this universe, even though we haven't seen it play out. So you can do anything and everything with these characters, uh, you know, around the timeline of, of this movie and still make it work. So there's a, a wide variety of possibilities. I think for me, the most surprising thing here is you don't expect a filmmaker to be working both at DC and Marvel at the same time or going back and forth. Uh, <laughs> you know, this whole deal happened because Marvel and Disney fired James Gunn yeah. uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And, he, you know, DC and Warner Brothers were like, you know, you can do whatever you want. What do you want to do? And he like came up with this movie. The fact that he after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 might want to go back to Warner Brothers in DC, I think is very telling to me because for years, James has talked about like Guardian spinoffs and all sorts of stuff. And the fact that he, he's just going to be a producer on those, which I, you know, isn't indicated. There is no indication of that here. Like just because he's going to go back to, he might go back to DC and do more projects after that. doesn't mean that he can't make more Marvel movies. It, it just doesn't seem... Does it, do you think it's possible that he'll go back and like keep keep working on both sides of this this comic book war? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any reason that he he can't do that. You know, I mean, um, the rivalry between DC and Marvel is overstated. It's kept alive by fans, and like Gunn can do, I think, both things because. He doesn't necessarily have to be involved as a director on all these projects. I mean, even on the Peacemaker series, he's not directing all the episodes. So um, I think that there's he could still do stuff at Marvel if he wants to. I think maybe right now, maybe he's a little more interested in some DC stuff because it's a new sandbox to play in. And he's been talking about finishing his run with Guardians of the Galaxy for a while now. This third volume is intended to be you know, the basically the end of the arc for this iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so, and, you know, he's already doing the holiday special before this. 
Um, and I'm sure he's partially involved, at least in that uh, that Groot series that was announced um, by Disney last year. So I think that he'll still be doing some things at Marvel, but maybe his focus will be over at DC for, for the next few years for a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if it's the creative control. Not to say that he didn't have creative control in Guardians of the Galaxy. Obviously, you know, his his uh, his artistry is felt in every frame of those movies yeah but i'm guessing you know disney and and marvel do and you know kevin feige are, are saying no every once in a while so one of his crazy ideas so I, i'm thinking over at warner brothers maybe he just has you know more creative control and that's more appealing yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the Marvel sandbox is probably harder to play in now as the Marvel Cinematic Universe grows. You know, it, it limits kind of what you can do with certain stories. Um, and so I think that since DC has a fairly clean slate, since they're trying to uh, pull away from, you know, what's been established in the DC Extended Universe and kind of do these things that aren't quite so integrated, it probably gives him a lot more freedom in that way, too. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the trailers, we have one more story I wanted to talk about today. You know, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> was going around a few years ago talking about how he wanted to do the Star Trek movie. Almost happened, actually. And uh, now he's going around saying he wants to do a Rambo movie. Brad, tell us about it. Uh, he doesn't really want to do a Rambo movie, but like he just has this idea for if he just ever wanted to make, you know, a movie that he knows would work, then it would probably be this Rambo movie that he's he's thought about. This conversation came up uh, in a conversation on the Big Picture podcast where uh, he was kind of talking about the fallout of uh, Death Proof as part of the Grindhouse double feature and being kind of a, a flop for him and Robert Rodriguez. Uh, and while he was talking about that, you know, he talked about the idea about like, you know, if I he says, quote, if I just wanted to make a good movie that I knew would be good, I would take David Morrill's novel for the first blood and do the novel, not the movie that was made out of first blood. I would do the novel and Kurt Russell would play the sheriff and Adam Driver would play Rambo. Uh, every time I read it, the dialogue is so fantastic in the David Morrill novel that you're reading it out loud. It would be so good. But now I want to do more than that. But if it was just about to make a good movie that's out there. So it sounds like Tarantino, like he's always been cocky about his skills. And he's like, look, if, he's basically just like, look, if I wanted to go and just make a good movie, then I would go do it. But like, I want to do these, you know, movies that I'm more yeah. interested in that aren't necessarily as, you know, easy to make. So, so it doesn't sound like we're going to get Rambo starring Adam Driver. I doubt it. I, I think that would be, would be really cool though, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, if he does, if he would dig back into that book. I, I imagine it wouldn't be, you know, a typical Quentin Tarantino style movie. It would probably be something that uh, maybe has a tone a little more akin to the original Rambo movie because the Rambo franchise became so much of a, you know, blood splattering, shoot 'em up, crazy action bonanza that, you know, became uh, ripe for parody. But that uh, that first Rambo movie, First Blood, is a much more grounded uh, action thriller. And, you know, that's something Tarantino hasn't really done before his action kind of leans more into that audacious kind of blood splattering action so having him do something that's a little bit more uh loyal to the novel would be interesting yeah okay i wanted to talk to you about a couple trailers that came out today and yesterday the first of which is for why the last man this is a comic book series that i first read i want to say like 15 years ago 16 years ago uh you know it's one of my favorite comic books is from brian k vaughn and pia Greer, and it's about a apocalypse where all the men on the in the world die except for one so the world is run by women and there's this one last man who might be the key to saving humanity 
because you know obviously without men you can't uh give birth to other well i mean i guess you could through science and stuff like that anyways it's all in the books it's all in the graphic novels uh they've been developing this for quite some time uh, i remember dan trachtenberg was set to direct a movie version of this at one point and finally it's coming to the screen on tv from hulu and the trailer is out we'll link it in the show notes uh well, it's, it's, it's fx on hulu oh fx on hulu sorry fx on hulu uh, which is actually like the most confused. What does that even mean, Brad? I've watched FX on Hulu shows and I'm not even quite sure what that means because they're not available on FX, right? There are some shows that are available on FX, but not all of them. It's, it's mostly just like this overarching thing because FX has a deal with Hulu where Hulu is the exclusive streaming home for FX originals. Okay. Uh, Brad, uh, what is your background with Why the Last Man and what did you think of this trailer? Uh, I don't really have a background other than reporting on this movie at various outlets for the past, I don't know, decade or so, if not more. <laughs> um, and it, so it's, uh, you know, that's my relationship with it. I've written about various iterations over the years. I remember Shia LaBeouf being involved in the lead at one point, I think. Oh, yeah. DJ Crusoe, the yeah. guy that uh, Eagle Eye was going to direct that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's been a long time coming and. Uh, after seeing this trailer, I'm not sure that this is the version everyone's been waiting for. You know, it feels kind of like uh, a pretty, you know, cookie cutter post-apocalyptic vibe kind of series. Um, it's got a little bit of a Walking Dead vibe. It's got a little bit of an I Am Legend vibe, um, you know, with a little bit more uh, government bureaucracy thrown in there for good measure. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I was not impressed by this trailer and it didn't really excite me. There's nothing in it that jumped out at me like, oh, that's, that's going to be cool. Yeah. I'll say this. It looks a lot more TV than I was expecting it to look. It looks a lot like more like what you said, like the shows we've seen, like Walking Dead. And that's also the interesting thing about Why the Last Man is Why the Last Man came out at a time before the whole like apocalypse trend was a thing. And I feel like we got all those movies that you mentioned, like the 28 Days Later, the the Walking Dead, like all, I Am Legend, like all that stuff came like after, well, maybe not I Am Legend, maybe that was before that, whatever. It, either way, like I feel like it's been kind of done to death. So a lot of this imagery of like these cities kind of like in ruins and empty is stuff we've seen before. So I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. I really love the comic. The comic is so well written. But this execution looks so TV in a bad way. Like, I, I don't know. I know there's good TV, but this, like, looks like a uh, – has the look of, like, a CBS show or something. <laughs> it doesn't look like an FX, FX show. But I do love that pan up from, like, the – it's, like, in New York or something. It has this cross-section. It pans up, and then you realize that it's uh, the street is, like, a Y street. I don't know. I thought that was kind of uh, clever. But uh, so you're not looking forward to this, Brad? I'm certainly not excited about it. Maybe I'll give it a shot, but it's not one that I'm going to like go out of my way to watch immediately. Okay. Well, something that has been a television phenomenon for the last uh, what, five or six years is Stranger Things. It's going into its fourth season and they have released – they're not even calling it a trailer. They're calling it a sneak peek at season four. We'll link this in the show notes as well. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like it's a lot of like flashes. We see a lot of flashes of things. It doesn't really tell us much about this. What are your thoughts on the Stranger Things 
uh, for sneak peek. Yeah, it's it's just such a brief teaser. You know, it's it's mostly just announcing that it's coming in 2022 with you know maybe like a dozen shots of things happening and nothing where you can particularly glean anything to form any decent speculation you know it's just shots of characters and giving us a look at how they'll look you know in this season um the most noticeable thing maybe is just that a lot of the kids you know do look considerably older um which is probably why they're going to have to end the series you know sooner than later because you know before you know it they're going to (laughs) be 30 years old um but yeah I, i mean you know i'm i'm very much interested in seeing where this series goes you know i i love the stranger things uh series but like it's interesting this this show and uh netflix did a kind of a similar teaser for cobra kai where they had like you know, uh, a huge chunk of footage was just like this promo material they shot of the various cast, um, you know, doing karate moves in, in this like big spotlight behind them. But and then they showed maybe like 10 seconds of actual footage from the upcoming fourth season. So Netflix's teaser strategy is is nothing but consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I really have any much to add to this. I, I was expecting when I put this on the docket, I had not seen the trailer. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe there's some stuff to talk about here. But it, it you know, it just gets you excited. I mean, I guess that's the purpose of it is to announce the date and to get you excited. So, you know, Netflix has accomplished that. Yeah. But uh, and then, you know, we'll be excited. We'll watch this in one weekend. We'll talk about it one week and then we'll forget about it again. Yeah. Because that's what happens with all the Netflix shows. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, if you want to watch those trailers, you can watch them. We'll link them in the show notes. Uh, Slash Home Daily is published every weekday on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you on Monday.